Uh, hope that you enjoy the service that we prepared for you as well as feel that you are part of our family. Even if you're um, a part of another church body, we hope that you feel a part of our family today. Um, but we're going through our Lent series, and pretty much Lent is a time of spiritual renewal. You know, Lent is a time that we not only prepare ourselves to honor the memory of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, but it's also a time to renew and recharge our relationship um, with God. And giving up pleasures in our lives, we do that in order to um, show our reliance on God, that God really is the ultimate um, source of our desires and pleasures. And so giving up certain things helps us do that. And our Lent series is give it, uh, give it to God, because we want to give something to God. But we also want to replace it with things that are God-honoring, things that would bring us closer to God. And today, you know, last week Pastor Field talked about giving up control. And it's really hard to have a relationship with, you know, God when we want to control everything, when we want our lives to, when we want God to cooperate with us. And when we pray to God, our prayers really, what we're really saying is, God, could you please cooperate with me to get the things done that I want to get done? And we control. We try to control God, and we, we don't realize that God is the creator of the universe. He cannot be controlled. He cannot be controlled. Yet, you know, we still try to do that. And it's tough to, you know, one of our, our values or our theme this year is connect, which, which our value is connecting people to people with the purpose of connecting them to God. And it's really hard to connect with people if you're a controlling individual. People do not like to be controlled. And so if you can't give up trying to control people, you're going to have a lot of difficulties in relationships. Well, today we're going to talk about expectations because they're kind of um, similar in many ways. But once again, if we don't give up unhealthy expectations of each other and of God... It will interfere in our relationships with one another. Because I believe everyone goes through, you know, times when we feel pressure to achieve certain goals. It could be in a particular manner, a certain goal that we want to accomplish, or even a certain way we look. And, you know, these expectations might be a positive influence and can challenge and motivate us to do our best. However, unrealistic expectations may not be helpful and could have a negative impact on not only your life but those around you. And some of us here today might be a result of having to live a life where unrealistic expectations were placed upon you. And I'd like us to uh, see this video that kind of explains what unhealthy expectations can do to an individual. Growing up, I've had a dad that's kind of pushed me in sports. My dad was actually in the 96 Olympics as a pole vaulter. Golf, 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 and more golf. So ever since I was about five years old, I've been playing. My parents have invested just massive amounts of time and money, mostly money, and just my dad taking off of work to travel with me to go to golf tournaments all across the United States. My dad viewed it more of as an investment towards college scholarships and stuff like that. He wanted me to have something to do with golf. He was saying that I had to focus 100% on golf. I'm like, this is not humanly possible. I cannot do it. 
I could sit home all day long. My mom wouldn't say anything, but if my dad got home, he'd send me straight to the course. I feel overwhelmed all the time. I'm waking up at 4.45 to go to the gym, getting to school by 7.45, then football practice till 5, then golf till night. So it's difficult. It, it got to the point where I wasn't allowed to have any communication with any of my friends for about two weeks before state. Just, he wanted that type of focus on golf. I was practicing about nine hours a day. I didn't think that was reasonable at all. It was the most pointless thing I've ever done in my entire life because I didn't accomplish anything at all. I walked in there with the same amount of experience, same amount of knowledge. This year playing golf, I came second in state and I felt like a failure just because I've been taught my whole life to be number one. I told my dad, I'm like, Dad, I, I came in second. And he just turned around and said, all right, you know what you need to do better next year, go ahead. There are times when I want to leave the house, I can't stand him anymore. Just some of the things that he puts upon me, some of the expectations seem almost impossible. Yeah, unrealistic expectations and the effect that they could have, you know, on children. And this is why, you know, especially parents, it's so important for us to have healthy, godly expectations on our children because if not, if not, this could be the result where your child ends up hating that which you've prepared him, to, him or her to do. Or even worse, your child ends up resenting or alienating themselves from you. But we all have expectations, and where do they come from? Well, some of the expectations come from ourselves, as we put certain pressures on ourselves. They could come from family, as in Drew's case. They could come, a lot of times, especially for those of you who are students, they come from your peers, your coworkers, um, and the society also um, places expectations on us. But many times expectations come about from what we're used to do. You know, our family was just growing up, and this is how we did it, and this is how we have expectations. But, you know, when you think about why do people put expectations on you? Well, for the most part, when people put expectations on you, you, especially in in Drew's case, um, it's people who care about you. And no doubt his parents probably, especially his father, wanted the best for Drew. And that was to be the best golfer he could be, most likely so that he could have a good life. The only thing he forgot is he didn't realize what was best for Drew. He thought he knew what was the best for his son. Other people, and I've done this too, if you've grown up um, an athlete or if you've grown up with a certain gift, you try to live vicariously through other people. Their wins, their success is my success. Their failures, their losses are my failures and my losses. They reflect me. And this is why we place such high expectations on people, because we live vicariously through them. And others, you know, might say, you know what, this worked for me. You know, when I did this, this worked well. So why don't you do this? And hopefully you'll have the same experience that I did. And hopefully it'll work for you. All with good intentions. But once again, 
if our expectations of others aren't godly and spiritual, you could have disastrous results. And this is why giving up ungodly expectations is so important for us today. In order for us to have healthy expectations of others, we need to learn to understand and live out the heart of God in our lives. Let me repeat that. In order for us to have healthy expectations of others, we need to learn to understand and live out the heart of God in our lives. And today we're going to take a look at an individual called Jonah. Now many of you know Jonah. You know, he's the guy who was, you know, we learn, all learned as children, was swallowed by, the, uh, by a whale. But in Jonah's time, there was this nation called um, the Assyrians. And the Assyrians were a very cruel and evil nation. And they were Israel's arch enemy. And so what God tells Jonah, he goes, Jonah, I want you to go and preach a message of repentance to um, the Assyrians. And you can imagine Jonah saying, what? God, these are our cruel people. They are evil. They're our enemy. And you want me to tell them to repent? And so um, Jonah doesn't want anything to do, uh, have anything to do with this. So he goes down to the port and he goes, okay, Nineveh's that way. So he asks the guys, okay, guys, what's the farthest ship I could take that will take me away from Nineveh? They said, oh, take that one. And so Jonah went to Tarshish, which is about as far from Nineveh as you could get. But we know what happened along the way, right? When, you know, God said, Jonah, I want you to go that way. Jonah said, no, I'm going this way. So God brings up a storm. And at that time, you know, a lot of sailors were superstitious. And they go, okay, guys, what did we do wrong to cause this calamity upon us? And then finally, Jonah said, it's me. It's me. You know, I'm a kind of disobeying the Lord God. And so just throw me overboard. And the men didn't want to do that. And so finally the storm kept on going and they relented. And they threw Jonah overboard. And what happened? The storm calmed. So everything is cool, right? And then all of a sudden Jonah sends either a fish or a whale. You know, whale, probably only whale that could swallow man is a sperm whale. But to go and swallow Jonah. So could you imagine, here Jonah's thinking that uh, he's getting the good end of the stick, but at least I don't have to go to Assyria. He's in a storm, he gets thrown overboard, and he gets swallowed by this sea creature. And so he's inside the stomach of a sea creature for three days. I mean, I can imagine, I can't even imagine what that's like. It's pitch dark and all this acid and all of that stuff. Next, you know, some squid or whatever is coming down the pipe, you know. And, and But anyway, you know, at the end of three days, he realizes, hey, this is not good. This is not good. And so he repents and he cries out to the Lord. And the Lord, in his humor, has a fish spit him out, you know, on dry land. And so... Jonah goes to Nineveh, and he preaches a message, and he goes, 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. And so he's going around and preaching a message of repentance. And so why don't we pick this up, and if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Jonah um, chapter, Jonah chapter 3, verse 6. And I'll be reading from the NIV, it'll be up there, but feel free to um, join me if you have uh, another version that you're more comfortable with. It says, when Jonah's warning, which is the 40 days and um, 
Nineveh will be destroyed, reached the king of Nineveh. He rose from his throne and took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Um, This is a proclamation that he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let the people or animals, herds or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink. But let the people and the animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Then he says this unto thee. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. And who knows? Maybe God may relent with compassion, turn from his fierce anger, so that we will not perish. And then when God saw what they had done, did, and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring them on them the destruction he had threatened. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He became angry. Because this is not what Jonah expected. When Jonah went to Nineveh, when he finally agreed to go there, what Jonah expected was he was going to send a message to this king, and this king would have a hard heart, and the king would not even listen to him, and God would destroy Nineveh. Because that's what Jonah wanted. He wanted Nineveh destroyed. But, but... The last thing he ever thought was the king would repent. The king would turn from God to, to God and rely on God's compassion. And God spared him. You know, anger and frustration is a te- telltale sign of unmet expectations. Have you ever been with somebody and you think things are going well and all of a sudden the room gets kind of cold? You know, all of a sudden, okay, there's something not right between me and this person. Most likely, it's because you failed to meet an expectation of theirs. We all have expectations of people. None of us are perfect. We all have expectations. And when they fail to meet our expectations, usually frustration or anger comes out. And this is what happened to Jonah. And a lot of times, the reason we have unmet expectations is we don't communicate them. Right? Man, you know, we're notorious for this, right? You know, we, we don't communicate. We, we expect, oh, you should get it. But one of the things I do in my premarital counseling, I have the couple sit down and I'll say, you know, Caroline, this is what I want you to do. I want you to write down your top 15 expectations of Pastor Phil as a husband. Now, most likely, every time I've done this, I say 15, the women will come up with 20 or 30. Okay? <laughs> Happens every time. And then I'll go to Pastor Phil and say, Phil, Pastor Phil, I want you to give me your top expectations of Caroline going into this marriage. Now, what I want you to do, Caroline, is I want you to give your expectation list to Pastor Phil. And he's going to look at this list, and he's going to go down each expectation, and he's going to say, Okay, yeah, this is reasonable. It's a cinch. Yeah, I could do that. Taking out the garbage, you know, I got this. And then another one he may look at, whoa, okay, I could do this, but it's going to be hard. Okay, I'm going to have to work on it, right? So at least you know that if he doesn't live up to that expectation, he tells you that, okay, Caroline, this is going to be hard. And finally, there'd be uh, the last category is it ain't going to happen. 
You know, hey, you could want me to do this all your life, but I'm telling you right now that it ain't going to happen. You know, it, it and it'd be kind of like, you know, when I would, you know, get married to Grace. And I said, one of my expectations of you is that you're able to cook dinner every single night. And every single night I want a different meal. Oh, dang. Oh, dang. oh yeah. <laughs> that, that's a hard one, right? That's a hard one. But guess what? My mother did that. My mother did that. And it's amazing. Every night she had something different. We never had leftovers. So me growing up in that environment, it would naturally, I would naturally assume that, hey, this is what a mother's supposed to do. This is what a wife's supposed to do. So I want you to do that. You know, you know, fortunately for me, I do most of the cooking in our house and, you know, that, that's tough. So I just make a big batch of something on Monday. They have it for lunch the next day and leftovers Tuesday and Wednesday, you know? But that's where that expectation would come from what, what, the way I was raised, what my mother did. Or what happens if Grace would tell me, Dave, I want you to give up saltwater fishing. And I go, what? You know, saltwater fishing. And I come back to you, I could do that. It's going to be hard. But I guarantee you, every time I hear from Danny Tanaka that he goes out and catching tuna, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be frustrated. You know, why? Because, you know, that's my expectation. But you know what? You know, couples try this. If you haven't done this, try this. Just communicate your expectations. Do that exercise and see what happens. It's a lot of fun, or if I don't see you here next week, at least I'll know why. Um, (laughs) But then if we continue on to uh, Jonah 4, um, 2, he says, He prayed to the Lord, Jonah, after he's angry, he goes, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home, that... That is what I would try to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, just take my life, for it is better for me to die. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? And Jonah says, God, I, I, I told you I knew this was going to happen. You're a God that's slow to anger. You're a passionate God. You know, you love people. You, you forgave them. This is you. I knew this was going to happen. This is why I didn't want to go there. I didn't want them saved. I wanted them dead. But then what did God say? Why are you angry? You know me. <laughs> you know my heart. You know this is all about me. So why were you angry that I acted in accordance to my nature? Because Jonah's heart was not aligned with God's heart. Right? Jonah knew God. That God was a God who was a patient God. That God was a compassionate God. Slow to anger. Jonah knew that. But in spite of that, Jonah still wanted God to act in a way that's different than his nature in order to get his um, goals accomplished, which was the destruction of Nineveh. So Jonah's just mad, mad, mad. God did not meet his expectation. Verse number, uh, verse five in chapter four. Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what was going to happen to the city. Jonah's news knows God's heart. 
His heart still wasn't aligned with God. So he goes out, he builds himself a shelter, and he's just sitting there waiting. And what's Jonah's expectation at this time? Well, maybe God will change his mind. Is that my phone? Oh, no. Okay. Um, It's like, oh, did I turn my phone? So maybe God will change his mind. And I'm going to sit there and happen. And I'm going to pray that God will change his mind and destroy Nineveh. But what what had happened? Verse number six. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. And Jonah's sitting there, okay, this is now, God, you're, you're meeting my expectations. Man, it's hot out here. And he, what did God do? God created this plant to come and shade Jonah. And he goes, okay, God, you know, I followed your, your will. And then you brought up this plant. Thank you. You've met my expectations of a loving and caring God. But, that's in verse 7, but at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he could grow, so that he grew faint. And I guess only a bald guy could appreciate this, that the sun blazing down on your head. And he wanted to die. And he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry I wish I was dead. (laughs) He was really angry about this plan. He must have been really attached to this plan. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plan, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And shouldn't I have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left hand, also, and also many animals. Once again, we need to understand the heart of God. And for us to not experience what Jonah experienced, unmet expectations from God, we need to align our hearts with God's heart. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Basically what this is saying is, there is a God, and you're not it. <laughs> That's what the Isaiah is saying here. But so many times, you know, we want to control our lives, and we want to um, bend God to our will and our expectations. And the problems we have is how do we reconcile, um, you know, God and God's will, and some of the things that don't happen the way we want them to happen. And in Psalm 35.3, and we're going to close with this, it says, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praise to his name, for that is pleasant. So the very first place that we need to start, if right now you and I are struggling 
with unmet expectations from God. We thought, God, if we obeyed you, this would happen in my life. God, I've been serving you. I've been sacrificing for you. I've been giving a portion of my income to you. Surely, then, you should be doing these things in my life. And when it doesn't happen, we get frustrated and angry. Or sometimes things that happen you know, are, are tragic in our lives. And it's hard for us to reconcile that with God. And the, the place where we need to start is to understand and believe and start with the premise that God is a good God. The Bible says that God is a good God. And there are things that are going to happen in your life that, are, that you can't understand. Things that happen in your life that you said, no, God, no one should have to go through this. But it all starts with God is a good God. And just because certain expectations of ours aren't met, it doesn't change the fact that God is a good God. And start from there. Just asking him to reveal himself to you as a God that is good. And so why don't we go to the weekly challenge. It's a little bit different than in your bulletin. So if you uh, see it up here, the first thing I'd like you to do this week is read the book of Jonah. It's a really short book. It's only, I think, four chapters. It says, why was, God, was Jonah upset when God spared the Ninevites? And then what I'd like you to do is reflect on the last time you were upset with God. What expectation or expectation of yours did he fail to meet? And then finally reflect on how does the fact that you are not God and that he is good change the way you feel about unmet expectations? Let's pray. And will the worship team please come forward? Gracious Heavenly Father, I know there are some of us here today who are dealing with unmet unmet expectations and expectations that we had had with you. And Father, many of those expectations may have come from a heart that's not aligned with yours. Or maybe just misinformed that, you know, if we obeyed you, if we sacrificed for you, if we served you, that you would give us the things that we want. But Father, we realize that your ways are not our ways. That your ways are higher than our ways. And Father, that if we really understood you, then you would no longer cease to be God. Father, we are your creation. And so Father, for all of those here this morning who struggle with unmet expectations, Father, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them that you are a good God. And Father, for those of us who have placed unreal expectations on others, it could be our co-workers, our friends, and our children, Father, I pray that you would reveal that to us too and give us the courage to ask for forgiveness and give us the ability to love Father, we thank you so much that you are a good God and that no matter what happens in our lives, 
Father, you promised that good will come out of it. You know, for those who love you and for those who've been called, who've been called according to your purpose. Thank you. In your son's name we pray. Amen.